What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders. It's a beautiful Monday. Yes, Actually, everywhere, even in New York, it's a beautiful Monday. Uh, our fan-sided MLB insider, Robert Murray, and I share a stream today, as always, but we're also sharing a climate for now, and it feels damn good. It feels like the baseball season is heating up. It feels like Scottsdale, Arizona out here in New York, man. So I'm doing well. How are you doing? Dude, I'm wonderful. Uh, it is nice and toasty here, as you would expect with Scottsdale. I went to the gym this morning, and I got plenty of compliments in my tan. Um, so that's always a good thing. Was very happy about that, but uh, even more excited to be here with you, my friend. And we got news to talk about, so that's even more exciting. We do. Uh, we are going to be breaking down uh, the league's division so far, the races in terms of yearbook superlatives, who's most likely to succeed and who's just most likely to suck. But first, we are going to break down a couple of extensions that went down over the weekend and into today. Uh, actual baseball news. It's been a while. Uh, stay in the voice. Um, but that's why you come to the Baseball Insiders, uh, which streams live Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern. You already know. Hopefully you're already here. But if you don't and you're here for the first time, welcome. Uh, Joe DiMaggio always said that he wanted to make sure that he was always giving his best so the people who are watching him for the first time got the best version of himself. I agree. And I also think that the Baseball Insiders does that. So if you're here and enjoying, please hit the subscribe button, like this video. And if you're an audio first person, uh, we're also on all podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe there as well. Uh, the San Francisco Giants became the first team to subscribe long term to a pitching option at the end of last week when they gave Logan Webb uh, my 2023 National League Cy Young Award winner. Uh, don't check the stats because he's still got a ways to go. But uh, I believe in Logan Webb. I know you do, too. And the Giants ended up getting him long term five years and 90 million dollars. Yeah, that was the news that I was teasing last week when I said I had one in the hopper and thought I was going to be the one to break it. But ultimately, the, the Giants scooped me on it. Um, that's OK. But I do have I do have insight into these negotiations. Um, so at least I have that going for me. But the Giants and Logan Webb have been talking about an extension early in spring training. Um, they had talked about it even before that but ultimately we're not able to come to terms, but there was a general sense that the agreement when it was going to be reached was going to be five years. Um, their offer at one point in past negotiations was for five years for quite a bit less than 90 million. Um, but there was always a sense that if a deal was going to get done, that it was going to be around a hundred million. And I thought the deadline was going to be for opening day negotiations really it started i think it was closer it was in the off season like right around the start of spring training and then it just there was not anything even leading up to opening day and the giants they started negotiations 
shortly before the season started or right before, right during when the season started. Um, and Webb was open to it. He's made it very clear both privately and publicly that he wanted to be in San Francisco. Giants increased their offer and ultimately agreed to a massive five-year for $90 million extension. It's a big move for the Giants. Um, locks up their right-handed ace for five years at a pretty reasonable price, especially if he's as good as they think he's going to be. Um, gives them some long-term security. Um, and it also... Kyle Harrison is going to debut at some point during this season. Um, having him or having Webb and Harrison at the same time is their best duo since when they had Bumgarner, Lincecum, and Matt Cain. Like that is a strong duo, and it's going to debut at some point this season. But locking up Webb was their number one priority, and here we are today with a deal done for five years for ninety million. It, yeah, it sort of signals to me the start of this new era, you know, the Farhan Zaidi imprint in San Francisco. When he was first getting his feet wet in there, we saw a lot of, all right, we're going to sign uh, reclamation project pitchers. We're going to give them one-year deals. They're going to, you know, one year, eight to 10 mil. Some will hit, some won't. The ones that hit come back. The ones that don't, we say goodbye to. And you end up with this you know, obviously incredibly successful 2021 team, but Webb breaks out, Di Sclafani, Cobb, you know, Alex Woods there. It's it's all these guys where they're like, all right, you can fill a rotation for a while. But now that Webb is their ace, it's been stamped, it's been signed by both parties, and Harrison is on the horizon, suddenly you have a homegrown one and two atop that rotation instead of filling in these gaps with endless plug and plays year after year. No, exactly. And that's something that was really important to them. They have that long, long-term long security now. Um, and he's their first player who's signed through like 2026 or 2027. Um, that's on the major league roster right now. Like they, they've got some long-term flexibility with the payroll. Webb is their start. They wish that uh, either Carlos Correa or um, Aaron Judge were on that payroll as well. But didn't work out that way. But um the Giants have always had a lot of success building with pitching and defense and they locked up their best pitcher. And that's, I think that's a, just a, a really shrewd move by that front office. And um, something that I think Farhan Zaidi, despite Logan Webb's slow start is going to be thankful that he did in the long haul. Agreed. Uh, I remain a big Logan Webb fan. I'm not going to let the three uh, starts to start the year. And the first one at Yankee Stadium, he looked great. The strikeout numbers were insane. He just gave up a couple of home runs. Who hasn't done that? Um, I'm a big believer in Logan Webb, and I know you're a huge believer in Harrison. Uh, and so I can't wait to sort of see that come to fruition so that we all get to see what, what you already know. Um, and speaking of deals, uh, we were only a couple days away uh, or a couple days past talking about how, you know, Luis Arise, Pablo Lopez, who wins this trade? Lopez is, is probably the best a Twins pitcher has looked in quite a while. They got him to unlock what a lot of people knew he could unlock. It happened quickly. His fastball ticked up. But meanwhile, you've got a rise hitting for the cycle in Miami, doing something no Marlins offensive player had ever done to that point. Uh, so we're calling it a win-win already. We're trying to assess it. But the one thing that could have made it an L for Minnesota was not taking care of Lopez long term. And lo and behold, after he uh, dominates the Yankee Stadium on uh, on Sunday, uh, they announced Craig Mish, I believe, had it first, still plugged in. Uh, it's the former Craig Mish is the man. Lopez. 
It's insane. Uh, He's still tracking these guys after they leave Miami. He's like, all right, great. Well, I'm going to still, I'm going to break your news too. Like, I don't know how he does. Man's got relationships all over the place with, or in and around that team. And like, yeah, I, Craig is a, is a friend of the program. And, uh, I, I woke up this morning and saw he broke the news and I sent him the King emoji or, uh, whatever the King crown emoji. Yeah. The crown. Um, Yeah. The crown emoji. Yeah. Absolute G Craig Mish is. Yeah, the crown is not just LeBron James in this year's playoffs, especially since he's getting surpassed by Austin Reeves. It's also Craig Mish, uh, who got this done. Uh, the Twins got it done, too. Four years, $73.5 million. Uh, and again, fewer pitchers than ever hit free agency these days. You get your hands on one in a trade. You'd be wise to attempt to lock that person up long-term, too. The Mariners and Luis Castillo. We're seeing a lot of pitcher acquired, pitcher signed long-term. We've Given the Twins front office a lot of love all offseason long. Time to do it again. I think this is another smart move. Uh, and I'd love to know what you know about how this deal went down. Yeah, this is one that did not necessarily come as a surprise. I guess maybe it's a little bit earlier than I expected. Um, but after the Twins traded Luis Arise for Pablo Lopez this offseason, it was very clear just how much that front office valued him as a player. And... Um, extending him because he had one year of arbitration left. Um, he would have been a free agent after the 2024 season. I think that was a priority for them. And I can't blame them, especially at this price. And the numbers, what was it? Four years for 74. Yeah. I, I saw 73 and a half. So, 73 and a half. so, so figure this is how we can look at the deal is 13 and a half million for his last arbitration year. And then 20 million per season um, for three free agent years is basically what this deal comes down to. I don't know if that's the exact structure, but let's for this, we'll just pretend that it is. It's actually a little bit lighter than I expected. Um, I have, I, I think 25 million in that kind of ballpark would have been a, a very solid number. Um, I, I thought he deserved it for sure, especially with how he started the season and like the kind of potential that he showed with, uh, with the Marlins. Um, so I think the twins got a really good deal here. Um, pretty team friendly, but that being said, I will never fault the player for taking an early deal. Uh, pitcher injuries are very common. You never know what can happen. Um, so I, as I said, I can't blame them, but I think the twins did really well with this deal and it continues to give them some flexibility with the payroll going forward as well. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think that was a very strong move by that front office. And it seems like we continue to sing their praises on this program here. Uh, big Twins front office fans over here. Definitely. Um, I mean, agreed on Lopez taking it, uh, taking the money while the momentum was hot, too. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to call availability his best ability. Last year, he got 32 starts up uh, and, and was pretty great. And it was sort of the, the breakout year everyone had been waiting for. Uh, but Lopez had never really put up a full season before that. 21 starts in 2019, uh, 11 in the shortened 2020, if you want to give him credit for that, and then 20 in 2021. So the fastball velocity finally ticking up. People are talking – like people have long talked about Lopez as a candidate to you know reshape his sweeper. Everybody loves to say sweeper these days, so I'm going to get in on the trend and say uh, he has a great sweeper. Uh, but he, he reshapes that breaker, uh, adds a couple of ticks to the fastball – People have been saying it's possible, but now we've got four starts of evidence. And I don't blame him at all for saying, uh, you know, I've struggled to stay on the field. Probably somewhere in the back of his mind, he's saying, I'll struggle to stay on the field. 
Uh, people have always talked about my potential, and now I'm delivering on it. So I'm not going to say no to $73.5 million. No, I can't blame them at all. It's that's life changing money. Um, and it's it's still 20 million. Basically, it's as I said before, this is basically a 20 million a season for um, for his free agent years. That's a strong deal. Um, can't fault them at all. Just thought he could have gotten a little bit more. But at the end of the day, he's happy in Minnesota. The twins are happy with him. And this is further evidence that that Luis arise for Pablo Lopez trade was a win win for both sides. And I'll, I'll use the term that I used in the last episode because it's every baseball executive's favorite term. It's a good baseball trade. That's exactly what it was. And yeah, win win. 100%. Uh, we continue to grade that a dub for both sides. Um, now let's start going around the league just a little bit. Um, in terms of the play on the field so far, I'm going to be doling out some superlatives to the different divisions as a way to wrap it up quickly and concisely. Um, and I want to start with the toughest division in baseball, which is not even a question at this point. Uh, it's the ALEs for me. It's even tougher than I expected. I, I knew the Rays pitching staff would be good. Didn't know we'd be going on three weeks of talking about the Rays accomplishing and changing history. Uh, the Yanks and Blue Jays are right where I think many expect them to be. And there's no bad team in this division yet. So I, uh, spoiler alert, I don't think we're split on this one. I think we both award the AL East uh, this early trophy. Yeah, we are definitely not split on this. I mean, you look at the Rays, 14-2. and two, Blue Jays and the Yankees are 10-6. and six, Orioles are 9-7. and seven, And the Red Sox are 8-8. Eight and eight. All these teams are 500 and above, Adam, and we can't say that about any other division in baseball. I, I think that's the clear answer. Um, I don't know if the division right now is ex- like how it's stacked up. I don't know if that's how it's going to be at the end of the year. I still think the Yankees are a pretty prominent threat here. Um, but, man, what a what a good division. And also – if there's any team that's going to regress off of this current pace, it's got to be the Red Sox, I would think. Um, but, hey, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're defying the odds. Um, and we're making, obviously, a burner happy, but talking about the race for three consecutive weeks. So uh, good start to the program for sure. Absolutely. And, and if the Red Sox, I'm convinced, they could win this division if they wore the yellow jerseys every game. I think they're, uh, I think they're like 28-3 and three all time in the yellow jerseys or something like that. Uh, that's obviously it's a little bit off, but I actually think they were 11 and 0 at a, at a point or something. It, it's honestly the, the winning percentage is astronomical. So not a shocker that they go into the weekend and play well against the Angels in the yellow jerseys. Um, and they also won a game with two catchers interferences in the bottom of the eighth inning on a Saturday. If you really want me to roll my eyes out of my head, which I'm sure everybody was waiting for that. They, they've now won a game on a dropped final out and two catchers interferences in a game-winning rally on a Saturday. And today, Shohei Otani staked to a 5-1 lead. That's pretty exciting. Oh, sadly, there's a monsoon in the middle of the game, and he only throws two innings. Uh, so congrats to the Boston Red Sox, who are hanging out by the skin of their teeth. And uh, yeah, obviously, Burner, they can hit. Uh, not sure if they could pitch yet, but this weekend, with all the yellow jerseys going on, they certainly can pitch. Um, what about uh, the division that's way more fun than you thought it would be? What division would you award that? I will give a little uh, a little sneak peek. We differ on this one. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's the NL Central. Um, that or not? Well, wait, hang on. Spoiling me. Wait, hang on. 
Oh, it's a, I just said NL Central. I meant AL West. Yeah, my, my bad, my bad. I was I, I didn't want to throw Anna for a loop. I said NL Central because I was <laughs> I was thinking about the Cardinals for a second. I was like, but yeah. it's the AL West. Um, you have the Rangers who have invested a lot of different money in this team, hired a new manager in Bruce Bochy. They look every bit of legit. Like they look like a a very real team, and I'm buying stock in the Rangers as we speak. Um, not actually, but you know what I mean? Um, the Mariners also are just loaded with talent. Um, you can never rule them out. The angels have Otani and trout. I mean, they're still hovering around 500, but still it's like, I don't know exactly what their ceiling is, but they're still, they got plenty of potential there. The Astros are somehow in fourth place. Did not have that on my bingo card, uh, entering week three of the baseball season, but here we are. Um, it's a it's a fascinating division. I think that one's going to end up doing like a big loop de loop, where the Astros are eventually on top, and then the Rangers and the Mariners fight it off for second place. But um, yeah, that's uh, and and obviously obviously or obviously a burner. Um, I am actually not part owner of the Rangers, but I do wish I had that money. That would be kind of sick. Um, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe in my next contract, I can try to get that kind of money. Yeah. It never rule it out. Uh, believe in your dreams. I, I just, I feel like I want to, I believe in the Rangers too. You said the Rangers look legit. I think the Rangers look legit on the field. I think they look legit everywhere except for their city connectors, which look not legit. Those are crazy bad. See, I don't, boy, I, let me, let me do my little investigative journalism before I comment on this. Cause I can't remember their, their jerseys. Uh... They drop today. Uh, they feature like a, a TR on the chest. They're like cream, black socks. Uh, the hat is black and they also invented a mythical creature. It's like a combination. It, they're calling it a Peagle. It's like a Panther and an Eagle because it's two different minor league mascots from the region from the 60s. And I, uh, I just, folks, I don't think you can be inventing animals for your City Connect jerseys. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion. Wow, these are, oof. yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not the biggest fan either. These are, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Boy, that is very odd. Um, yeah, that, yikes. That's, boy, okay, we, we're, we're very aligned on that one, Adam. I am not a, I yeah. am not a fan of that one bit. Look, it is what it is. You can experiment. But one of my favorite things about baseball jerseys is how big the lettering can be. You get the team name or the city all the way across the front. And when you just, I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, so this kind of rings hollow. But when you just squeeze that logo into the tiny corner, it's less appeal. it can be less appealing than, than a jersey with the big city pride. I like the Yankees road jerseys, and I, uh, I don't like these. You don't like what? Leaves? No, I, I do not like the Texas Rangers current jerseys. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I'm, we're totally in agreement on that one. I'll tell you, like the Yankees ones, those are classics. Um, yeah. Big fan, but the uh, these Rangers City Connects, woof, uh, F. Big stinkers, that's an F. Um, my division here, I'm going to give it to the NL Central in a bit of an upset because I know, I know what you're saying with the West. I think everybody wants to say the NL East, but the Brewers, I, I'm rocking with the freshmen. I like what the Cubs did. I like that they went into the Dodger Stadium over the weekend and held them down. Got a little help from the umpires in the ninth inning yesterday. It's all good. It's just one game. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are uh, every bit as scrappy as as any fun young team in baseball. They shook off the O'Neill Cruz injury. We've given them plenty of credit for their vibes. 
Uh, they have a negative five run differential right now, but plus, I think, 30 on the vibe differential. Um, and then the Cardinals, you run into them on the wrong series. You get Hunter Green, you get Nick Lodolo, you get Ashcraft in there. That is not a walkover. The Phillies learned that again over the weekend. And our division champion Cardinals are in fourth place. Uh, so there is uh, maybe more, uh, you know, again, I don't think, ask me again in two weeks. I don't think I'm saying the, I don't think the NL Central is going to be a dogfight all year, but I am, uh, I'm proud of the middling teams in the NL Central for putting young talent in the spotlight. Um, you know, Johnny in the comments wants the Cubs call up Matt Mervis and get rid of Eric Hosmer. He has learned uh, what everybody else, the lesson everybody else learned longer that Eric Hosmer, maybe not a big league starter at this point in time, but uh, except for Mervis, most of the young players in that division are getting chances and they are shining. No, they absolutely are. And um, it's it's an exciting division in terms of the young talent that they have. I will say Matt Mervis, when he eventually debuts, um, talk about a fast-rising prospect, Adam. He's, uh, he's somebody the Cubs are obviously very high on. Um, he's somebody that skyrocketed up the top 100 rankings. Um, the Cubs are really optimistic about what they have there. And the Hosmer signing, like, obviously, we don't know exactly if he's still a big league starter at this point. But um, the Cubs having Hosmer, this is it basically allowed them to be patient with with Mervis. Um, They did not necessarily have to have him up at the opening day roster. Um, I know there is a bunch of people who thought that he should be on the opening day roster, but um, some extra reps in AAA never hurts. Um, but when he debuts, that is going to be a very exciting day for the Cubs because uh, he's got every bit of the potential to be a stud. Um, but going with this division real quick, I do think – I know the Cardinals don't look like the team that like we expected, but I eventually think they will bounce back. Um, I think they'll, they're still the favorite in my eyes to win that division. Um but the competition is a little bit more fierce than I expected. I mean, you got the Brewers who look very good, although the Brandon Woodruff injury is a little, a little concerning. Pirates, as you said, the league the, lead the league in vibes. Uh, what a freaking fun! Th- hey, I also I've said either on this podcast or in a fan cited article that the Pirates have a shot to be a playoff team in 2023. I got laughed at. I'm like, I don't want to do an early victory lap, but I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, you can do you can do a seated early victory lap here. I think like you don't literally have to run around the apartment, but I think you can sit here and look in the camera and say it's a nice little it's a nice little early season W for you. Yeah, it is an early W, and I mean, there's not many W's when it comes to my takes, so I got to take whatever I can get. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, this this dumbass picked the Cardinals (laughs) to win the division. I mean, this dumbass said that I couldn't figure out uh, another team that could crack my AL playoff field. Meanwhile. A team that I left out of the AL playoff field is 14 and two. So uh, early season referendum on my picks uh, for damn sure. I, I had the Cardinals as the most likely fourth or fifth place team to win a division. Uh, that said, the Astros fell into fourth place yesterday as they lost on Sunday Night Baseball. They sort of automatically become that team now. Oh, they absolutely do. Like that, that, the Astros got it. I mean, it feels like the obvious team that comes from fourth to first, right? I mean, that's yeah. them and the Cardinals at this point. But it is it's it's pretty fun, uh, pretty fun to watch the Texas Rangers go into Houston last night. Uh, you knew that they intended to talk about Framber Valdez all game. That was the uh, you know 
you look at the production notes, they were like, we're going into Houston. We'll do Framber chat. We'll bring guests into the K-Rod cast. They can talk about the Astros dynasty. And then uh, Marcus Simeon, Grand Slam, Grand Slam uh, upends that team on the road. Yeah. No, exactly. Because they were up, what, 6 nothing early on into that game? It was basically like... I think it was uh I think it was zero zero late and then they they put up six in that inning. I think oh yeah, Simeon, six in that, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. And then yeah, that's Simeon Grand Slam. Boy, I'll tell you, I love it. That's uh, sneaky Texas Rangers. It's uh, yeah, gotta love it. Yeah, Sorry. and obviously, Burner. Not only are they still doing the A Rod stuff, but they had like a million guests yesterday. The, the PR release was like, "What? Look at these guests joining him on the K Rod cast." It was like nine dudes uh, I, I did not watch but uh good good for uh good for alex and michael finally getting a break um in terms of the division with the most bounce back potential i think you and i are agreed on this one as well yeah Ooh, well i'll i'll start us off because i i know i speak for you here <laughs> when it's uh it's the nl east we, we all wanted to say that the nl east was was sort of the best division of baseball entering the season because you had the high dollar mets and, uh, you know, the, the Philadelphia Phillies are coming off a, a World Series berth. The Braves, I believed in. And I think a lot of people said, well, those are three playoff teams. Uh, but so far, the Phillies without Hoskins and Harper, six and ten, kind of meh. The Miami Marlins hanging at 500, but their negative 26 run differential will not inspire anybody. And the Mets at 10 and six. Yeah, but that includes a sweep of the Oakland A's over the weekend. I don't think most Mets fans would say we are extremely confident in our team right now. You know, Scherzer getting pushed back uh, didn't start over the weekend, starting against the Dodgers, supposedly. Verlander still hurt. Quintana hurt long term. Uh, Brett Batty, and this is a good, you know, we, we can transition into, into the Beatty talk. Um, he's coming up. That might change the Mets' fortunes. That might lead to the bounce back we're all looking for out of the NL East, but so far, relatively uninspiring. Yeah, it's been um, a very interesting start to the to the season for that division. Like the Braves are as good as advertised. They're twelve and four. They look like a juggernaut once again. And also that Sean Murphy trade. Um, the early returns on that one are extremely good. Um, the, the, the fact that the Braves have gotten Matt Olson, who's a strong contributor for them, and also Sean Murphy, who's their long-term catcher in consecutive off-seasons from the A's, that's just the latest example of the great work that Alex Anthopoulos has done in Atlanta. Um, he's built a very strong roster, and they're going to benefit for it in the long haul. Um, they're here to stay. You look at the Mets. They, like... It, it's their, their team is interesting. We're going to get into it in a little bit with Brett Beatty um, and that call up there, but um, they're still 10 and six and they still have all the potential in the world and they have a shot to be a lot better. Um, so that, that team scares me. Um, if I was another NL East team or just a team in the NL in general, the Phillies are just like really surprising six and 10 uh, Adam uh, without, yeah. I mean, obviously, as you said, without Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins, um, they're going to bounce back. I feel confident about that, but uh, that the rest of that division makes me a little bit nervous about that pick for them to win the division. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I just don't know necessarily how they're going to get there. And it looks at least early on, like it could be in the form of wildcard team. But that being said, we still got like 140 games left. So anything can happen there. Um, yeah. But this, this Brett Beatty thing, that's something I want to get in like talk about for sure 
Yeah, let's move on to Beatty now because it's it's definitely a situation where I think in the Mets' best laid plans, they probably didn't call up their number two prospect in mid-April after demoting him to the minors. They probably didn't have Alvarez on this roster behind the plate either. I mean, there's a reason all those guys started in the minors. Um, They had Eduardo Escobar playing third primarily. Uh, Beatty goes to AAA. He hits the cover off the ball. I mean, 400 with five homers, two doubles. 1386 OPS in nine games. You can't keep this guy down. Uh, Give Escobar credit for saying all of the right things. Um, Basically said, like, you know, I've been playing the position and now it's, you know, if anyone else comes and takes it, then they will have earned it and whatnot. Um, It's it was it was theoretically tough to find a spot for him on this roster. But at this point, you have to. And they did. And they absolutely did. And it, it something that the Mets are smart to have done early on this season. Like I know there's people who are even wanting it to happen earlier in the season, but with the way that Beatty was performing in the minors, like they had to make a move. Ultimately they did. And it brings me back to the off season here when the Mets had an agreement in place with Carlos Correa, pending a physical, of course, that ultimately did not happen. But let's say that, um, let's say that the Correa signing did happen. I have an unvery good authority that Escobar would very likely have been traded. Um, I don't know necessarily the teams that were in. Um, I do think the Marlins and like the Twins could have made some sense there. Um, ultimately, a deal did not happen, of course, because Correa failed the physical. Um, but it's one of the many what ifs of this past off season. But Escobar, like with with a little surprise here, handled this like a true pro. I wonder what his future looks like, um, whether he could be a trade candidate, whether he could be a DFA candidate. I don't know about that, but like um, some team is going to value his veteran experience and like he figures to be better than he is now, uh, at least early on in the season. So I'd imagine that there would be some teams that would be interested in him, but um, I just don't know if the Mets are at that point quite yet. As of now, he has not been DFA'd, uh, obviously a burner. But yeah, I mean, Bert, you're right. It's it's hard to envision a spot for Escobar on this team long term. And if he was that close to being dangled as trade bait and hasn't performed up to par so far during the regular season, then it would stand to reason that maybe the Mets would rather release a veteran like that into the wild instead of cut bait on a young talent. There was a lot of talk of uh, Budo being uh, demoted out of the you know out of the Mets bullpen. That um, they're going to have to make that corresponding move later today, but they have already very much announced that Beatty is coming up. So uh, no getting out of this one now. Sorry, New York Mets. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. On to the other side of the other team in New York. Uh, One team's offense getting theoretically stronger. One team probably getting weaker. It would seem Uh, Giancarlo Stanton grade two hamstring strain uh, for the New York Yankees. The annual grade two hamstring strain for Giancarlo Stanton. They're lucky it came early in the season. Uh, it opens up DH reps for Franchi Cordero when Harrison Bader comes back. That's a pretty big one. Um, you know, we, we were worried about maybe Franchi, if he hits a cold snap, gets DFA'd. Now, probably a longer leash uh, when Donaldson comes back 
Oswald Peraza probably goes back down. When Bader comes back, Willie Calhoun or a bullpen piece can go back down. Franchi's job is saved. That said, John Carl Stan going down for two months, four to six weeks at the very least, is not what you want. No, that's not what you want at all. And also, before we get into that, you guys saw me look at my phone earlier. Thought we may have have. I thought we may have news. Uh, I just got it denied, so we don't have any news to report on the show. But <laughs> that would have been a lot of fun. Um, so I, I apologize for the tease there. But but obviously losing um, Stanton for a month or two is not what you want at all. To steal Adams' line there, um, he's been. It's basically been the story of his career. It's been a lot of different injuries that he's dealt with. Hamstrings are really tricky. And that's something that the Yankees are going to want to like, use extreme caution on because they don't want to have them suffer a setback and have them miss even more time. Um, they're lucky that they have an in-house option, I guess, in uh, Franchi Cordero, uh, the Harrison Bader return. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, we're, it's not a, it's not a good position that the Yankees are in with losing Stan, especially with the amount of money that they have invested there. But like that being said, I'm I'm not worried too much quite yet. Uh, they still have Aaron Judge. They have plenty of talent throughout that roster, but um, yeah, it just it's. I wonder what Stanton's career could have been had he stayed healthy throughout this entire thing because he had a shot to be like a generational player uh, with how physically gifted that he is and like he's just super talented. So it's it's rather unfortunate in that regard. And nobody handles it like more of a pro than Stanton. I was just talking about this. You know, uh, he he has every right to get down on himself with these repeated soft tissue injuries. He's under the bright lights in New York. He is one of the Yankees' premier superstars. He's on all the marketing materials. And yet, when something like this happens again, and he has to respond to the dumbest questions like, hey, why aren't you trying to keep your legs healthy? What's wrong with your muscles? Like, everybody's asking the most repetitive questions. He doesn't bat an eye. He's as dep- he's as bummed out as the fan base is. Um, he had every right to sort of become as petulant as Aaron Hicks, and he definitely has not done that. So I, I will always give him credit for the way he handles these bad breaks. Me too. And that's something like Hicks has voiced his displeasure um, on numerous occasions. Stan has always been accountable. And I always like as just like you, I always respect when a player does that because it's refreshing. And the fan base can respect that. They're always for the most part, going to rally behind that player um, because, you know, Stanton is giving it his all. He wants to be on the field. Um, he's never made excuses. Like, that's the kind of guy you root for. Um, it's just unfortunate what's happened with him throughout his career because he's, like, I know people around Stanton who just rave about him as a person, and I just I root for players like that, and it's just unfortunate. A hundred percent. And the Yankees will take their time with this one because they know as well as the player does, as well as you do, that sometimes these take a while and they take longer when it's Giancarlo Stanton's body. Um, and while we're still in Yankee land corner uh, for one second, uh, Matt Chapman, probably a hottest hitter in baseball. John Heyman had the Mets and Yankees competing for his services this offseason over the weekend. I just caught my eye. He had the he had the Dodgers in there. He had the Blue Jays, uh, you know, making a stand and, and re-signing their man. Um, do you have any sort of early gauge on the Matt Chapman market? Obviously, we've talked about him having the career year of all career years, uh, walk year so far. Um, but uh, yeah, it was nice to see the Yankees and Mets both involved in that mix. And we, we just talked about it. The Mets certainly not settled at third base either. 
No, they they aren't, and it's very much open for the Mets, and it's not a surprise to see either of those two teams connected to Chapman. I think both make a lot of sense, but that being said, if he continues the year that he's having, he's hitting over 400 right now, he's having the best year of his career. If he maintains it, I mean, hitting 400 is going to be tough, but if he, like, if he continues to hit at a really high level, he's going to be a very highly sought-after free agent, especially in this hitting class for free agents. We've seen a lot of the free agent hitters um, for next offseason already sign. And basically the top two options at this point are Shohei Otani and Matt Chapman. Um, Chapman could end up getting a very hefty contract. And it just so happens that the two big New York teams have been connected to him. Um, That's just only going to further bolster his market, bolster his value. A lot of season left, but he's somebody who could be a very, very, very rich man uh, before too long. The dominoes are all falling for him for sure. And uh, somebody who silently fist pumped when Manny Machado took himself off the market too. the the Mets and Manny Machado, Ooh, even the Yankees and Manny Machado. Nope. Neither one of them. He stays a Padre. Matt Chapman goes out there and hits 420 uh, with power and pristine defense and now gets to set his own market. Uh, Before we go, uh, just want to show some love to Joey Votto who is uh, every baseball fan's favorite player. It's hard to dislike Joey Votto. Uh, always candid, has spent some time in the broadcast booth the last couple of years, making guest appearances as his career has wound down. Uh, I think he definitely has a future in that industry. If he feels like participating in it. Uh, but it sort of feels like that end is now coming. Uh, he halted his rehab assignment this week. He took himself out of the mix, saying, quote, my swing is not there. And for one of the great uh, swing artists of this generation and a very particular type of hitter, you know, if the swing is not there, he's not going to put himself out there. Um, And it makes you worried that this might be the end of the road. Um, I got to ask if you think this is really the end for Votto and whether you believe at the end of all this, uh, it's going to be a really interesting case. Is this guy a Hall of Famer for you? I want to say yes to that question so badly. I just don't know. Uh, I just I don't think so right now. Uh, it's nothing against Joey Votto. I think he's had a wonderful career. He's done. He's been one of the best Reds players in in recent memory. And like, I just I just don't know. Um, but that being said, I do wonder if my answer for that would have been a little bit different had he been with a different team. So he could have been in a like. Let's put him in a bigger market. I think he would have been a lot more appreciated than he already was. And th- that being said, he was, he was very appreciated. Um, but I, I think I, I do wonder what his career would look like if he was say, I don't know, on the Yankees or say on like the, I don't know, the Cardinals or something like that. Um, I think maybe, but I, I just don't think so. What about you? The power patience combo. I always felt like, you're 100% right. Put him in the Yankees, make him Mark Teixeira's successor, put him on the Red Sox. Like yep. these these rich money ball teams with Joey Votto, some slamming dingers out and getting on base at a 440 clip. Like that felt like his destiny. It's kind of surprising he didn't have a late career pivot there. Um, after the age of 34, you know, two years ago in 2021, he hit 36 bombs out of nowhere, 938 OPS. But the couple of years before that, um, you know, his age 34 season, he still gets on base at a high clip, but only hits 12 homers. Uh, 2019, below average OPS plus 107 in the short in 2020. 
And then last year he really struggles and, and just an 87 OPS plus bravado and, and now sort of on the verge. But if he retires now, he retires with a career 145 OPS plus, certainly a favorite of sports writers, which I think helps him. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I, you could, I could foresee him being the next Edgar Martinez, Tim Raines, the case that somebody really takes on and, and makes the centerpiece of their Hall of Fame argument. It's it's gonna be a while. He's not getting in before Mike Messina territory. It's gonna be six, seven years on the ballot. It was seven years for Jeff Bagwell, by the way. Who I feel like people think like, well, that's a shoe in Hall of Famer. It took him a long time. So. Uh, I don't expect Vader to get in before his ninth or tenth try, but I do think he gets in. I see. I hope you're right because he's a favorite of sports writers. He's a favorite of fans. He's a favorite of teammates. Like one of my favorite things, as like even a baseball fan, is reading the different stories that have been written about Vado because he's just a fascinating person. Um, and I highly recommend um, if you want good joy Votto content, go read uh, Trent Rosecrans at the athletic. He has written some of the most definitive pieces on joy Votto throughout his career. Um, he knows Votto better than any writer. Um, I think that's a very safe thing to say. And it's made me appreciate joy Votto. Um, and it's, he's somebody I want to meet and just cause like, I want to, I want to get to see what he's like in person. I think he would just be a fascinating kind of cool deal. Um, but I feel like I already kind of know him through Trent's stories. So um, I sure as heck hope he does make it. I just don't know. But as you said, and this, this is a very good point, the fact that he's a favorite of sports writers, that could definitely help his case. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. And it, I don't think – I think Votto is as inoffensive as it gets, especially with the personality stuff. Um, like the same people who were angry that Scott Rowland got in, I don't think would be as angry if Votto got in because – he had more memorable moments over the course of his long and extremely effective career. Um, I mean, uh, put, I agree with you, put him on the Red Sox or Yankees. It's almost no question, but uh, with the Reds, we're going to have to wait quite a while. Yeah, I agree, which is unfortunate. Um, but man, that would have been fun seeing him, seeing prime Joey Votto and his goofiness and his great play on one of those two teams would have been freaking sick. That would have been really cool. Um, and more Canadians in the hall when we get a chance. Uh, Larry Walker, Larry, you elect a Canadian, they show up in a SpongeBob SquarePants jacket like Larry Walker. So I think if you elect <laughs> Joey Votto, he'll do something equally exciting. Uh, well, it's time to sign off, uh, but it wouldn't be an episode of the Baseball Insiders without giving everybody another Stone Garrett update. He's still doing it. He's hitting 563. Your thoughts on Stone Garrett? The the best under the radar free agent signing of the offseason. Like that was an afterthought for everybody. And he's he's an absolute stud. Uh shout out to Stone Garrett. We're uh the baseball insiders is a Stone Garrett podcast. Um, Stone Garrett with a casual 1549 OPS so far this year. So for those of you who gave the Stone Garrett signing a D minus, uh, we're coming for you. That's an even worse pick. Uh, than my AL East pick of saying the Rays were going to finish third and out of the postseason picture. Whoops. <laughs> um, <laughs> until yeah, next yeah, time. Yeah. Hey, oh, also, I want to mention one thing. Um, shout out to Jalen Hurts getting an extension with the Eagles. Five years, 255 mil. It wouldn't be a Baseball Insiders podcast if I didn't mention the birds. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. I'll tell you. I was getting ready to go to the gym this morning. I had no juju in me whatsoever. I took a, like five sips of this monster. I was ready to go. Then I saw the Hertz news, and I was bouncing off the walls, man. And I had people at the gym asking me, 
Robert, I've never seen you this like energized or just like this hyper. Like, what the heck is going on? I was like, dude, the Eagles extended Jalen Hurts. Like, the boys are buzzing. And uh, man, oh man, what a time to be alive, baby. This was what a stereotypical baseball insiders. We took, uh, we started with two actually pieces of big extension news in the MLB world. And by the end of it, we cycled through roasting each other over bad playoff picks. Uh, a long discussion on Joey Votto's Hall of Fame chances, which I think we'll be able to have for the next 15 years. Because it'll, Again, it'll be a while. So yeah. we'll reignite that conversation. And then one final Stone Garrett and Jalen Hurts update. You're not going to, if you think you're going to escape a, a week of the baseball insiders without a Go Bird centric update, uh, you got another thing coming. And I can't believe I didn't start the podcast with this. I feel like an idiot. I feel like it took you mentioning the Jalen Hurts extension to remind me. I went to a wedding on Saturday sitting next to somebody who I don't know. Um, it's a college buddy. And so we're with his high school friend and, and, and that guy's uh, his girlfriend. Um, start talking about where, where we're from, et cetera. She's given like South Jersey neighborhoods, talking about the Eagles. She's an Eagles cheerleader. My guy. Wow. Unbelievable. I, that, yeah. That's a sign that they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. That's not what that means at all, but that, no. You know, yeah, how was it? How, how, how was it a good time at least? Fantastic wedding. Shout out. She couldn't have been nicer. Gave us great stories about, you know, the team. She went to the Super Bowl. Like they trout, they, they treat their, uh, they treat their cheerleading a dance team. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it was unbelievable. So it was amazing. Uh, wow. shout out to, shout out to the Eagles for, for this podcast. Yeah, that's right. Hey, go birds. That's, that's, it's been a while since I said that I'm finally over the Super Bowl loss. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm optimistic about the drafts. Uh, I'll have draft takes uh, for a later podcast, but oh man, oh man, do I, oh, I need it. Like I need air to breathe, baby. Only a couple weeks we will reserve the full starting block of the podcast for Eagles and Giants draft recap. Uh, I can't wait. We'll figure it out. Everybody can tune in uh, whenever you want. We'll give you a warning. We'll say, hey, the start of this podcast, it's good for the NFL draft. And then you can come by whenever you'd like to. Darn right, baby. We're going to, oh, it's going to be good. As long as Jalen Carter's an Eagle, uh, I'll be a happy man. So um, fingers crossed at least, but I can't wait for that episode. It's possible. He's falling down draft boards right into your clutches as we speak. Um, but until next time, you can find us on the Baseball Insiders, and we are the Baseball Insiders even when we're talking about football. We're out here Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern time, taking you through breaking news. And again, Stone Garrett conversations and Jalen Hurts extension <laughs> talks. We'll bring it all to you. That's why hopefully you come to the feed. Hopefully you keep coming back. But if it's your first time, hit that subscribe button. You'll get alerted. You'll be the first one to know when we're going live. But again, it's Mondays and Thursdays at 3.30. You can set your watch to it. Eastern. Um, and then on all audio platforms, Apple, Podcasts, Spotify, uh, whatever you use, uh, all feeders that should be there in the aftermath of the live show. Uh, Robert Murray can't do the show without you. Certainly would be talking less Eagles without you, but uh, you bring the details to my wild speculation and I couldn't do the show without you. Yeah. The feeling is mutual. My friend uh, pleasure as always appreciate you tolerating my birds talk. Uh, go birds, by the way. I, I don't know if I've said that in the last two yeah. minutes, but um, that, that's right, baby. We all, we need to get that gift up. Um, that would be wonderful. Uh, but we, I, uh, we, we appreciate everybody tuning in. This is not possible without all, without all of you. Uh, we appreciate it more than, you know, and just because you guys are so good to us, we'll just do this again on Thursday.
How about that? Yeah, you guys were just nice enough to us that we're going to come back on Thursday. We're going to run it back. I think uh, I feel confident in that decision. We're getting towards uh, the season begins, and all of a sudden it's May, June. Then it's the All-Star break. Then it's a trade deadline, and you're going to want to be here for all of that good stuff. So until next time, which is Thursday, because you guys were so good, I'm Adam Weiner alongside Robert Murray. Take care, everybody. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus high in fiber with five to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10, H-E-R-O dot C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.